It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network, episode 437. It is Sam. It is Sage. Sage is on Twitter at Sage Rosenfels18. I'm on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom, covering the Vikings for zonecoverage.com. Today's episode, again, brought to you by Core Essentials. K-O-R-E, Core Essentials, making the best belt that you will ever own. Core track belts are fantastic because there's no belt holes. They use a hidden track in the back of the belt with 40 size points to choose from. So every day as you work, walk, eat, play, your waist size is fluctuating and core belt adjusts to match your waist exactly. Removing or adjusting your track belt is simple. Just pinch the small tab under the buckle. It's a patented design that makes it easy to remove the buckle or swap styles. Fits every waist from 24 to 44 inches, as well as an XL belt that goes up to 54. You adjust the size yourself using the easy Guide. They've got full fashion of belts, double-stitched, full-grain leather, smooth belts, and gun belts for concealed carry. Cores men's belts carry a 30-day money-back guarantee and a full one-year warranty against defects, unusual wear, or breakage, so you can shop confidently. You know you're covered, and you know you're going to love it. You're going to want to get rid of all your other belts. It's coreessentials.com to go to learn more. Get your own core track belt. See firsthand why it's the best belt you'll ever own. Seriously, once you go core track, you'll never go back. Special offer for Locked On listeners, 10% off your order when you use our code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's core with a K, K-O-R-E, coreessentials.com, and use the code LOCKEDON to save 10% off your order. Uh, end of an era today, in a way, and we'll drop the bombshell right out of the gate. And this this might be unexpected to a lot of you. And a little bit unexpected, at least in terms of the the timing for us. We weren't sure when this was going to officially happen. But um, today is the final show for yours truly, Sam Ekstrom and Sage Rosenfeld. Sage is on the line as well. And today uh, we want to say thank you to a lot of people. And we want to you know give you a brief explanation on why. And it's not that uh, we didn't enjoy it. It was a great run. It was a good two years, and almost two years to the day when we started. It was early August 2016. Vikings hadn't even played a game in U.S. Bank Stadium yet. But, uh, you know, for me, it's basically an issue of uh, I've got an employer that pays me, and I appreciate that, and they've got some new ideas for ways to utilize me and, and take up my time, and I respect that, and I'm going to embark on some new projects for, for zone coverage. And, uh, and Sage, it really has been a good run for the last two years. And it's been fun to interact with all the people. And, and uh, thanks to David Locke for bringing us on and giving us over 400 shows uh, to talk Vikings. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very good run. And, you know, the, the, the idea of sort of a daily podcast was uh, for, you know, for me was refreshing when David brought it up to me. And uh, I don't want to thank you, Sam, uh, for, you know, making it easy. And I basically just had to call in and we, talk for 15 or 20 minutes those are much easier and much more fun in my opinion than talking for an hour and a half like a lot of podcasts so i really did love this sort of daily uh podcast idea and, and the locked on 
podcast network idea and, uh, and how it's doing. But yeah, both of us are, are excited to sort of move on to other things. I'm going to be busy writing for The Athletic this fall. Uh, I'm, I'm probably doing some other you know, TV and radio stuff. I'll, I'll be calling an Iowa State game or two again this fall, uh, doing a little college football, uh, definitely some NFL stuff. So uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, I look back and I realize I was thinking to my, I was thinking earlier, uh, we're two years in, and, you know, when we first started this thing, we were just sort of getting going. Vikings were in training camp, and boom, the Teddy Bridgewater injury hits uh, and really threw our show uh, for, for a big curveball and, and really, you know, made things really interesting those first, uh, just in that first month of the, of the things that are happening, which, you know, the, the daily podcast, uh, you know, make, makes a lot of sense from, from, you know, when these types of situations happen. You know, Teddy Bridgewater goes down. You talk about for 15 minutes that day. You know what happens in the the days following that. You know Sam Bradford was you know on campus a, a couple of days later, and, uh, and and the Vikings are off and running that season. So I mean we really you know sort of dove right into it right off the bat. Uh, you know the quarterback blown out his knee. Uh, it's been a wild two years. You know from that season to obviously this past year and the huge uh, run that the Vikings made and the, really the fantastic season that they had. Uh, it was a lot of fun to cover it and, and to cover it with you, Sam. Uh, I said you made my job extremely easy, and uh, all I had to do was, you know, sort of show up and I guess sort of give my opinion, and you, and you took up, uh, care of all the rest of the work. So uh, it, it was a great run, and uh, I'm sure they'll have a great they have a great host uh, you know, lined up uh, that uh, you know, really, really is into the Vikings and very passionate about the team and very insightful about the team. So I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to to those podcasts. But uh, yeah, for you and me. Uh, this is our last show, and, and it's been a really, really fun two years. Yep, it has. And you alluded to the next host. I, I know who it is, and I, I can vouch that they are fantastic. They're going to be great, especially in the off season because they're very in tune with the draft and, and the free agency side of it, which – you know, I always felt like was sort of a weak a weak spot for me. I'm better in season, but but you're gonna love the next guy. I don't want to say his name because I don't know if the the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed yet. But I believe he will be taking over very soon. Um, and I do finally want to thank everybody who listened. You know, we over the course of two years we nearly touched a million listens on this show, and I realize a lot of those are people listening. You know, every single day and. And to those people, wow. I mean, that, that's amazing commitment. All the people that interacted on Twitter. I know we, we pitched our Twitter accounts like way too much and probably drove you nuts with it. But that was part of the, the enjoyment was, was taking a ride along with everybody else and, and getting to hear their feedback, uh, what, we, what they liked, what they didn't like about the show, all the people that reviewed us on iTunes, um, five-star rating on iTunes. That's really special. And that means a lot. So we appreciate everybody, and I've really enjoyed not only going through the successful times for the Vikings, the 13-3 uh, season and the Minneapolis Miracle, but sort of the, the, the dramatic times, the Teddy Bridgewater injury, the Norv Turner resignation. I mean, that happened like that morning, and we had to react to it immediately, and it was sort of a breaking news item. That, that was when this show was really at its most fun, when we had to react to stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that was that. That was the nice thing about it is occasionally we have these sort of emergency shows that you know, generally we record at oh around nine o'clock in the morning. But a couple of times we'd record, you know, in the afternoon as as you, as you said, you know, North Turner's resignation and, and and switch over to Pat Shermer, you know, mid season. That was you know quite the surprise, and obviously Teddy's injury and, and many other things that happened. So the, you know those shows were always interesting when it was you know sort of hot news and, and breaking news, and and uh, we had to get right to it. 
Yep, for sure. And today we do want to leave you with something substantial and not just the the sad, sorrowful goodbye. We would like to go through some predictions for this season and at least leave you with something to chew on as we go into the 2018 season. Training camp for the rookies begins on Wednesday. So uh, I'm looking at a few things from last year, and, and I'm just going to run them by you. Uh, we'll, we'll give some over-unders. We'll, we'll give, at the end, a win-loss total for the Vikings. So we'll start We'll start uh, with a basic stat here. 4,000 yards. That's kind of the, the gold standard for quarterbacks, right? You know, Case Keenum last year was about 3,500. Sam Bradford the year before that, just about 3,800, I think. Uh, can Kirk Cousins become the first 4,000-yard passer for the Vikings since Brett Favre? He's done it each of the last three years. Do you think he has another 4,000-yard season? Uh, I think he'll come close. He may not have uh, the passing yard stats as he has in the last few years. I think that'll be a good thing. It's it's part of the reason Case Keenum, though he had an unbelievable year last year, you know, only threw for 3,500. Is you know the Vikings don't have to throw for you know 350 yards every single game. Uh, you know, they've got such a good defense and, and a solid running game that. They don't have to rely on the passing game so much. So I, I do believe that Kirk Cousins, they'll, they'll be throwing the ball more, putting a little more uh, uh, sort of stress on that passing game and, and, and putting more into uh, you know that, that aspect of, of their offense. But uh, I, I, he may throw for 4,000, but I, his stats may not be as good as they were in Washington because they, don't, they, don't, they won't need to be. And I think that's a good thing for the Vikings. He threw it 540 times last year. Uh, over 600 times the year before that, that equates to, you know, 34 to 36 passes a game. And I don't think the Vikings are going to need to do that. Washington trailed a lot. And the Vikings typically, especially at home, they don't trail a whole lot, especially with their defense. So I'm not sure he'll have to throw it 30 times a game. And that obviously could affect his yardage. But if he can Honestly, I mean, people people want to criticize some of the aspects of Case Keenum's game, but if Kirk Cousins could give a Case Keenum-like season from last year, I mean, that would really be what the Vikings w- would look for. Uh, take care of the football, 25 or more touchdowns, 3,500 or more yards, and, and play smart. I think that's what the Vikings need to look for. You Just have a quarterback that doesn't kill you. The Vikings have had very, very good decision-making from their quarterbacks. So with Cousins, he doesn't need 4,000 yards. And in fact, if he's throwing that much, that might actually be a bad sign for the Vikings. So I think I'm with you on that. Um, that's not- I, I, I think more than anything, the Vikings are, we're, we're, are looking at the stat of probably touchdown-to-interception ratio. I, I think it would be big for them. And you know, we talked about your know, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. That's a lot on the quarterback a lot. A lot of times to you know, you know finally get the ball into the end zone rather than rather than just kicking field goals all the time and, and secondly staying away from those turnovers so I, my, my assumption is the Vikings are probably looking for something almost like a three to one you know touchdown interception ratio you know 27 touchdown passes nine interceptions uh, they, they'll be looking for something like that that to me the stat is more important than than actual yardage a lot of times your quarterbacks throw for 4,500 yards plus uh, it means that their team uh, is, is, is doesn't have a very good defense, is struggling in a lot of ways, and is going to have to try to throw the ball to catch up. And the Vikings aren't designed that way. But as far as touchdowns and interceptions, that's a stat I think Vikings fans should look forward to this year. Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs hope to catch plenty of touchdowns this year. Which of the two receivers do you think has the most receiving yards this year? It's been Thielen each of the last two years. Uh, does Diggs finally have that healthy uh, really bust out season that he's been waiting for. 
No, I, I think that Thielen's still going to be the guy. He's sort of the go-to, you know, player on that football team, and occasionally he makes a big play, but he really is the go-to guy. Uh, you know, when they need a first down, you can tell by the way they design the pass plays. He's usually the number one read uh, on third down, and, and Diggs is more of the playmaker of the two. He's also the guy that's sort of more in the slot. Uh, and a lot of times when you're the slot guy, you're, you're catching underneath routes, you know, shallow crossing routes that are you know, caught at three, four yards and end up getting, you know, seven yards on a third and five. And so, uh, you know, there's uh, – I, I think that Thielen is going to be the go-to guy again this year. Uh, but, you know, Stephon Diggs, he really uh, has been incredible his first couple of years for a fifth-round draft pick and, and is going to possibly get a huge payday mm-hmm. uh, in the next 365 days. And this year is huge for him. So uh, I, I just love where the Vikings are in so many ways, you know, from the passing game uh, to where they ran the football last year. And obviously, you know, their, their defense is going to be something that's really interesting to me because everyone talks about their defense. It was defense, defense, defense last year and how good they were. But then they looked really, really poorly in that NFC Championship game versus the Eagles. And, and so was that a sort of a fluke? That Was that a, a mirage that just sort of happened one time? Uh, or is that sort of a, a, an issue that the Vikings are going to have to you know, really deal with and think about because their you know, defense is not complicated uh, and they played simple in that football game and really got exposed in that football game. So, uh, you know, we shall see. But uh, I'm, I think the Vikings defense actually really interests me a lot this year uh, because of that last football game and how they played. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that here in just a second. On, on Diggs and Thielen, I would venture to say that, that I think Thielen is probably the more consistent receiver um, and I agree with you that Diggs is a little higher ceiling guy, but I could see them both getting around 1,000 yards this year uh, simply because they don't have a whole lot else at receiver. You know, unless you think Laquan Treadwell is going to make a big jump or unless the, the new slot guy, Kendall Wright, is going to steal a lot of targets or if somebody comes out of nowhere, a, lot, a huge chunk of the targets are going to go to Thielen and Diggs. And then you've got Kyle Rudolph, obviously taking some targets. And we know Kirk Cousins likes his tight ends, but you know, last year, Diggs and Thielen combined for over 2,100 yards. And I think that's probably a safe number to put them on this year. It's just a matter of how uh, that's distributed. Uh, If the Vikings are are worried about, you know, paying too much to Stefan Diggs, maybe don't uh, drop all the game plans in favor of Diggs, because the last thing the Vikings need is him to go for like 1,400 yards and then be stuck trying to, to to pay him in free agency, but that hopefully they get him signed here before training camp. Yeah, the other aspect of their offense that I'm really curious to see, obviously the Dalvin Cook, him returning, he was phenomenal those first, what, was about four or five games before he got hurt last year. Uh, and obviously the loss of Jarek McKinnon, I think that's a huge loss. He, he was a very, very good player. Uh, he was a guy that would uh, he'd be there on first and second down, you know, here and there, but, you know, just huge on third down. He was a good pass protector and very good out of the back, excuse me, out of the backfield. So uh, I'm curious to see how the how the Vikings uh, replaced Jerick McKinnon, who I think was a, a very, very good player for them. Now defensively, as you mentioned, it's hard to imagine the Vikings being better defensively. And, and I don't, not because they lost anyone, just because they were, it was the perfect storm last season. You know, number one in, in fewest yards allowed, number one in fewest points allowed, number one in third down defense. That's hard to duplicate, and they were insanely healthy. They, they only had a couple of injuries in that entire unit last season. They don't have a lot of depth there this year. There's not much depth at safety behind Smith and Sandejo. There's virtually no depth at linebacker behind, behind Barr and Kendricks. Um, so that does worry me. There's not much depth at defensive tackle either. You know, if they lose one or two guys, 
then I think the drop-off could be severe. So the defense, if someone goes down, does worry me a bit. Uh, do you see a possible regression there? I do, and, and, and for a lot of reasons that uh, it's not because maybe the Vikings got worse. I think it's maybe the division might be much better. You know, Aaron Rodgers was injured for half of last season, only played less than a half versus the Vikings. And uh, and so, you know, obviously his statistics against the Vikings, <clears throat> if he's healthy for both games this year, will be much better. I think the Bears' offense will be much better than they were uh, in the, you know, the last couple of years. And so I think some of the regression the Vikings' defense might have is because their opponents are going to be better than they were in 2017. Now, on the other hand, I do think the Vikings could take the ball away more. I think last year they, they really didn't have – that many interceptions or fumble recoveries for a defense of that caliber. I'm trying to to get the ranking here. Um, the, you know, the Vikings only had 14 interceptions, um, which is about middle of the pack. You know, that, that ranked 13th in the league last season, and they only had five fumble recoveries, which is bottom third. The league is trying to figure them out. You know, Vikings have a target on their back. I'm sure that the coaches have studied them ad nauseum, trying to figure out how to beat that double-A gap blitz. Philadelphia exposed them in the NFC Championship game. And the schedule's just tough this year. The NFC is brutal. Like, I mean, there's maybe one or two teams that you can can say, well, they won't be very good in the NFC. Otherwise, it's going to be a tough division and conference for the Vikings to deal with this year, at least on paper. If they won their division, that means they have to play the division winners uh, you know, w- within the NFC. So you know, we'll, we'll see all those really good football teams. You know, the NFC last year was a uh, much more fun playoff picture than looking at AFC. There was about six, really almost every team in the NFC we thought that you know, you could have could have won the NFC, uh, you know, in, in that playoff uh, run. So, yeah, they're going to have their hands full this year. I think they might be a better football team than last year, uh, but I don't see them winning more games. They're, they're, I don't. I really don't see them winning. <clears throat> I really don't see them winning 13 games. I'm not even sure if I see them winning 11 or 12 games. I really see them as probably a 10-win football team. And again, not because the Vikings are worse, uh, because the teams they play are better this year and. You know, luck just doesn't always go your way all the time. And they got a lot of good bounces last year. And, and usually if you get them one year, you don't get them the next year. And so uh, they're still going to be a good football team. I still see them as a playoff football team, uh, but they might be scratching and clawing to get in the playoffs at around 10, maybe 11 wins. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. And everyone who asks me that it comes up to me, I always say they might be better on paper. They might have more talent, but they might win fewer games because the ball bounces in funny ways. You might not recover a fumble that swings a game. You might hit a goal post with your rookie kicker and lose a game because of that. And a couple losses in the NFL can totally change uh, the course of a season. But let's think back in the last decade of Vikings football too, Sage. Think of think of how the Vikings have followed up every successful season. You know, 2009, amazing. 2010, huge, dro- huge drop-off. Um, 2012, they make the playoffs with Peterson carrying them. 2013, everything hits the fan again. 2015, they make the playoffs. 2016, they drop off. So every time the Vikings have, I think, raised the expectation, they really haven't backed it up with any type of success. So the Vikings would have to buck the trend this year to do that. And you look at the schedule, it's pretty tough. Um, give me a win total at the bye. So through nine games, um, Vikings have San Fran, Green Bay, L.A., Philadelphia, New Orleans, Detroit. Those are all tough games in their first nine. You know What, if, what do you think they have to be uh, positioned at the bye to really uh, put themselves in a good spot? 
Well, they're so good at playing at home. I don't see the Vikings winning or losing very many home games this year. I bet they go at least six and two, if not seven and one or eight. No, at home, uh, I can see them at, at you know five and four, six and three, and in, in the course of those first nine you know football games. As I said, I think it's going to be a bit scratching and clawing this year. They're gonna, they're a good football team. There's a lot of expectation. They're going to be fighting those expectations a little bit, uh, and I'm sure that'll be a challenge. As the season goes on, as they get a loss here, an injury there, uh, and, and you know they're they're you know they're thinking that there should be a Super Bowl you know caliber team and they should be 14 and two, but I think it's going to be a grind all season, uh, you know, to win football games. It's not win. It's not easy to win football games in the NFL. It's very easy to lose football games uh, in the NFL, and I think there's going to be some challenges this year. So we, we you know we we're take, we haven't really even taken account to injuries and all those other things that the Vikings got lucky last year and again you know maybe uh, unlucky this year so the ball might bounce mm-hmm. the other way a little bit I that might be good though you know there's a lot of NFL champions that uh, you know they they barely get into the playoffs with a with a bye you know the the New York Giants uh, the you know the Steelers when they won the Super Bowls a lot of times they were runner ups in their division and just sort of got into the playoffs snuck in the playoffs had to really grind the last month of the season, which the Vikings didn't. The Vikings really weren't, uh, you know, they weren't desperate for wins there at the end of the season last year. Uh, they sort of, you know, coasted in the playoffs against, a, you know, a couple of you know, crappy ball clubs. Cincinnati was completely done, you know, at times. Some, some other teams weren't very good at that time. And so I think, you know, the, the grinding at the end of the season, trying to, you know, get to that 10-11 to win might be really good for them. It might give them some momentum into the playoffs. I think they can go six and three at the bye. That the toughest part is when they go at Los Angeles at Philly in succession. If they can win one of those two, then I think they're in a great spot. Um, if they lose both of them, then you, then you could be in in some trouble because then you might be two and three. You might be you know three or three and two. Best case scenario at that point. Um, then you have to do some work. But um, let's give a a final season record prediction. Uh, knowing how tough the schedule is, knowing how tough the NFC is, uh, where do you think the Vikings finish in terms of wins? You've kind of kind of touched on it already, but uh, lock it in. I'm going 11 and five. I think the Vikings win 11 games, playoff berth. That might be just a wild card. You'll have to wait and see. Maybe everyone will beat each other up in the NFC North. Maybe Green Bay comes in at 10 and six, just under that. But 11 wins for the Vikings. That is my July 20th prediction. How about you? Uh, I have them as a 10-win football team, and I think it's going to be them and the Packers uh, in the NFC North. And I think the Packers might be a 10-win football team as well, so probably come down to you know, some sort of tiebreaker or something. But I, I see them as a really good football team that's going to you know, lose a couple games here and there, have a couple injuries here and there. The ball's not going to bounce their way and, you know, every time like it did last year, and it'll be more of a 10-6 and six year. Might be a better football team than 2017 all around but just may not have the better record. And uh, I, I see them in the playoffs. Uh, I see them as one of those teams that no one wants to play in the playoffs, uh, and they could very well possibly make a big playoff run. So I'm excited to see Kirk Cousins uh, you know, play this year. Um, you know, obviously, they spent a lot of money to go out and get him, but uh, I, I, he's, I've seen him enough film on him over the course of the last year. To just see the way he competes, uh, the, you know, the way he really led that Washington team that wasn't very good. You know, the talent in Washington not nearly as good as the Vikings. So I'm really excited to see him play for a better football team uh, and, and, you know, make some of the throws that, you know, they didn't think that Case Keenum, you know, could make last year. So should be a fun year. Should be a great year. Uh, should be a lot of fun to watch and, and write about and, and cheer on. 
uh, just sort of a fan slash media member. Uh, but uh, I don't think the regular season record is going to be as good as it was last year. But the postseason record may be better, and that's all that really matters. Right. And if they're eleven and five, ten and six, that probably means they'll have to go on the road in the playoffs and maybe win an NFC Championship game again. That's been the bugaboo for the Vikings in the past. Uh, will this year flip the script? The Super Bowl is in Atlanta. Can the Vikings finally get over the hump? That's the big question that everybody really pays attention uh, for. That's why we love this sport, is to see whether teams can you know, avenge their past faults. Can the Vikings get, get revenge on Philadelphia? Can they uh, rejuvenate this fan base this year? It's going to be fun to watch, and again, Sage and I aren't going away. You know, Sage is going to be covering this team at theathletic.com. I'm still going to be covering it at zonecoverage.com with a, a possible new podcast project coming up. And you can follow on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom uh, to get details on that. Follow Sage at Sage Rosenfels 18. It's been a pleasure, uh, Sage. Thank you so much for the last two years. Thanks to all the listeners and Final words, Mr. Rosenfels? Skull Vikings, that's about it. Skull Vikings. And, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. And thank you, Sam, for everything. And uh, we'll see how the season unfolds. Indeed we will. A new host coming up soon on Locked on Vikings. And for the final time, it's Sam and Sage on Locked on Vikings on the Locked on Podcast Network. we got here together. Welcome to the maiden voyage of Locked On Vikings, a brand new daily podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. It's an emergency Locked On Vikings on a Tuesday afternoon in the wake of some devastating news. At about 1.55, Teddy Bridgewater goes down with, quote, a significant knee injury. Victory Monday, Vikings win 17-14, they're 2-0, and they open their new stadium in style. And major breaking news to begin the show. Official press release from the Vikings just came in. It reads as follows, Norv Turner has resigned as offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. Their first selection, Dalvin Cook. Out of Florida State, a running back taken number 41 overall. Steps into it, pass is caught! Diggs! He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs! Stay oh home! my god! Oh my god! Oh my goodness! It's gonna go in for the touchdown! Grab by Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! No the shock wearing off of that 38-7 loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. An NFC Championship game comparable to the 2000 game. 41 donut game against the New York Giants. The Vikings will sign Kirk Cousins tomorrow. 